Ecclesiastes chapter 7, and we will begin in verse 11. Ecclesiastes 7 and verse 11. We're going to talk about wisdom tonight. A man's smoke detector went off in his house. He heard that alarm sound and and he got a little anxious. He 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 panicked a little bit. He he went into this, you know, a little bit of shock and you know that's normal because when a smoke detector goes off, it is supposed to be detecting fire. As if that were to say that his house is on fire. The problem with that is that his house wasn't on fire. It was a false alarm because of a connection in the wiring that wasn't right. You know, what if he would have quickly dialed 911 without checking it out? You know, said, there's a fire in my house, get here as quick as you can. Or what if he would have just taken his door off his hinges and, and started taking furniture and all kinds of uh, precious things to him out of the house and putting them in the yard? You know, it, it would have been a waste of the fireman's time. It would have ended up obviously being a waste of his time. Because he heard the noise and would not have checked into it to see if all was true, to see if it went off because there was actually a fire. He didn't, he didn't move things out of the house. He didn't call 911 because he looked to make sure that the noise was connected with the reality of why that sound should be going off. But in that moment, what he did, he overcame his feelings and looked for the facts. You know, the smoke alarm was real. The feelings he was having was real about it. But he was wise to look into whether he should act on the situation. He used wisdom. I've, I've said it during this study, and I'll say it again. I, I first said it to the teenagers many years ago, and I could tell they got it when I defined wisdom as the ability to apply knowledge to life. Where people say, I know. Well, I know what the Bible says. Well, I know the Bible teaches this. And, and I did this. Maybe I should have done that, but I did this. Wisdom is knowing, having knowledge, and then applying that knowledge to life. Wisdom is very important. Solomon is speaking a lot here on wisdom tonight. To live with the, the ability to make application of knowledge in what we do, in our actions, this is very important. It is of great value for you and I to live and act in wisdom. You know, it's one thing that 
the fellow resolved the situation concerning his fire alarm and used wisdom. That helped. Think about all of our interaction with people and relationships and our daily function in this life that affects someone else. It's so important. It's extremely valuable to act in wisdom. Wisdom is good. That's what we find here in verse 11. Wisdom is good with an inheritance. And by it there is profit to them that see the sun. You know, an inheritance can be good. You know, every, everybody wants one. Everybody would think the bigger inheritance, the better. Some years ago, I was preaching from Proverbs, and it was talking about an inheritance. And it just so happened that while I was preaching on it, someone that I knew was about to get an inheritance, a large inheritance. And many people were concerned about how he would handle that inheritance. And let me just say that today, that inheritance is completely gone, completely used up. There is nothing left but regret. Man, everyone thinks wealth is good. Everyone wants wealth. And, and, and wealth is good, but not without wisdom. To have wealth, we need wisdom with it. Wisdom and wealth need to go together. Wealth needs wisdom. Wisdom doesn't need wealth. wealth can, wisdom can stand alone. Wisdom is good all by itself. Wealth is not. Wisdom is of the greater benefit to have in life than wealth is. Wisdom's the better thing to have. If you had to, it's good if you can have both, but if you need to choose between one, wisdom is the absolute choice. We need it for life. Wisdom is good, but look with me in verse 12, and we're going to see that wisdom guards. For wisdom is a defense, and money is a defense. But the excellency of knowledge is that wisdom giveth life to them that have it. You know, money can fix a few things. Money can relieve some pressure. It can do some good things. It's wise to save some up for a rainy day. But, but any guard that we would think money can provide, you, you need that guard of wisdom with it, and wisdom can guard and do anything money can, and, and, and then some, as far as completing us. Wisdom is the greater defense to have. The verse here says that money is that, wealth is that, and also wisdom is a, a defense. It is a guard. It's protection. But wisdom gives the greater protection of the two. You know, if we went into the auto parts store to buy a can of wax for the car, and you had this off-brand here, and it said it protects for three months, and you have this name brand, and it protects for 12 months, and, and the price is less on the name brand that protects longer than the off-brand that protects less, who would buy that off-brand 
that protects less. The, the worst one. No, we, we would buy the one that protects better and protects longer. But look how excited everyone is making a beeline for wealth, doing things to, to get wealth, which, which is okay, incorporated with the right things with it, but it's a lonely trip to get wisdom. It's a shorter trip to be able to get wisdom. It's easier to get wisdom. Wisdom is better, yet wealth is the popular one, the one that doesn't protect as well, the one that's harder to get. It's, it's the one that's not sought after as much. Wisdom provides a better quality of life than money does. Wisdom guards. Wisdom is trusting God. Look with me in verses 13 and 14. Consider the work of God, for who can make that straight which he hath made crooked? In the day of prosperity be joyful, but in the day of adversity consider. God also hath set the one over against the other, to the end that man should find nothing after him. Jesus has let us know that in this world ye shall have tribulation. You know, troubles and problems come. God allows them, and God even sends it sometimes. He sent His disciples into a storm. He sent them knowing the storm was coming. He does good things through difficulties that come about in life, however they come. People want life to be smooth sailing here upon this earth. Jesus says there's going to be trouble, and, and the Bible says throughout there's going to be trouble in this life. And man's trying to fix that. Man's trying to change that. Man wants everything to go smooth, and the hiccups in the road that God allows in life, man is trying to do something about it, and that's why he's failing. Because God is allowing these things, he is doing things through our adversity. He is bringing about things in our life through tribulation. And it would be so much better if man would just quit trying to fix this and fix that, that he, that he, that he can't. You know, there's things we can't do anything about, yet there's an attempt to try to do something about it when what's needed to be done is to trust God to trust God that He can bring delight out of difficulty. And He is always working for good in all of the things we go through. God is perfectly wise. He is greater and more powerful than any condition or any situation that we get ourselves into. He's greater than any circumstance that we might find ourselves in. If we would stop and ponder this and trust God in the things that happen that we can't do anything about, that He wouldn't have us to do anything about, you know, there's some things that He's going to have us to do something about. 
there are other things where what we're going to find is that we just need to trust Him through it. He just needs to be trusted. If we would do that instead of changing things, if, we would, if we're trying to change things, if we would trust God, things would be a lot better. Look at verse 15 on this same subject. All things have I seen in the days of my vanity. There is a just man that perisheth in his righteousness. And there is a wicked man that prolongeth his life in his wickedness. How about that? There is a just man that perisheth, perisheth in his righteousness. We must be careful trying to connect that this happened to that person because of this and that that they did. What we find when we study the Bible is that there are many reasons why things happen to people. Sometimes it's for the glory of God. It's for, and that's another sermon for another day. Here we have the, the righteous whose life ends, and the wicked man, his life is prolonged. The song says, Then do we wonder why others prosper, living so wicked year after year. The lives of the wicked appear to be longer sometimes, and the lives of the righteous appear and tend to be cut short in some cases. What do we do about this? Well, that's one of those things that there's not anything for us to do about it. Don't get me wrong, there's a commandment that says, honor thy father and mother, and there's a promise of, of long life, a probability that there's going to be long life, you know, for that. But then there is the righteous whose life is cut off. What, what are we going to do about that? We trust in the providence of God. There was a very old poor man of a village, and he had hardly a thing to his name. But he had this beautiful white horse. It was very rare. And people came by and offered him big money for this horse. And he was tempted because he was very poor. But then he said, this horse is my friend. How could I sell my friend? I, I can't do it. I'm keeping the horse. And, and so he was the talk of the village. And people would walk by and say, how foolish. How foolish are you? that you're chopping this wood and you're selling this firewood when you could sell the horse and you could have more money than you would ever make off of firewood in your life. You're, you're just in misery and cursing yourself. And he just resisted. He, would, he wouldn't sell that horse. And one day that horse was gone from the area he kept it in. And the people passed by, they said, I told you, I told you, you, you were too poor to be able to do anything to keep that horse in, and now someone has stolen your horse, and that's all you had, so you could have had all that money, and now you have nothing, you've been cursed because of this. And the man, the old poor man said, hold on just a minute, and don't speak so quickly. You know... We don't know that I'm cursed in this. Why don't we just stick to the facts? The facts are my horse is gone. 
and he's not here anymore, and I don't have him, and that's it. And the people just walked off, and they laughed, and, and said, well, what, a, what, a, what misery. He could have sold that horse, and now gone forever. They did that for two weeks. Fifteen days later, that horse shows back up, and twelve wild horses with it. They all come into his stable area, and the people went by, and they said, I'm so sorry. You were right. This was a blessing and not a curse. Look at the value of these 12 horses. And the man says, you're doing it again. All we know is that my horse came back and 12 horses came back with it. We don't know if this is a curse or a blessing. And the people are going, I don't get this man. This, that's so strange. They leave. Next thing you know, the poor man's son is training the wild horses. And his son has both of his legs broken while he's trying to train those horses. And the people pass by and they say, you're right. You're, you're right, this was a curse. It wasn't. We thought it was a blessing, it is a curse. And the man says, would you stop doing that? What do we know? My, my son's legs are broken. We don't know if it was a curse or a, or a blessing. And the people, you know, do their same mocking and laughing and making fun of him, leave. And it's not too much longer that there is a war. And all the young men of the village and the surrounding area are called out to war, except the, young, the poor man's son with broken legs. And the people came back to him, and they said, you're right, that was actually a blessing, because... Because the way this war's looking, our sons aren't coming home, and at least you have your sons. And the man said, I'm going to tell you one last time, no one knows if it's a blessing or a curse. Only God knows. Life comes in fragments. Okay, wisdom applied is trusting in the providence of God in all things, wisdom is going to give us a great steadiness. Wisdom is grounding, we see in verse 16. It says, Be not righteous over much, neither make thyself overwise. Why shouldest thou destroy thyself? Be not over much wicked, neither be thou foolish. Why shouldest thou die before thy time? It is good that thou shouldest take hold of this, yea, also from this withdraw not thy hand. For he that feareth God shall come forth of them all. Wisdom is grounding. This is, this is speaking of, first of all, there's no such thing as too much righteous. Too much righteousness. There's no such thing as that. But there is, there is overshooting a standard for righteousness in the brand new saved sinner, for instance. And it ends up causing damage to one. And then there, and then there are those who speak as though the flesh is just going to defeat us. 
and they dismissed the thought of growing in the power of God and being able to steadily make progress and overcoming sin uh, in, in their lives, and, and they make light of their sin. Sin is nothing to make light of. It kills. The, the exaggeration on both ends do damage, but when we have wisdom, wisdom is grounding. Wisdom helps us to avoid going to extremes in things in both directions. Wisdom is grounding for us. I'll, I'll just confess and be honest with you, that reminds me of some of the preaching in the first year of God calling me to preach and, and some of the extremes that, that a, a brand new preacher is susceptible to possibly falling into. But wisdom is grounding. And let me say in verses 19 through 22 that wisdom keeps us going. Look at 19. Wisdom strengtheneth the wise more than ten mighty men which are in the city. Oh, how we need this over and over because look how tempted we are to act and to do in our might. To think that our might is our secret weapon when the Word of the Lord says that wisdom gives us strength. It's, it's wisdom in handling things rather than in our own might to handle things. That's the better way. Wisdom is valuable. Strength comes from wisdom. Verse 20, For there is not a just man upon the earth that doeth good and sinneth not. Well, what a, what a verse to let the air out of our tires. Granddaddy said we need to have the air let out of our tires every now and then. And that's a true verse of us all. And what we see here in this verse, according to what's being said, is that every single one of us have the need for wisdom. Every one of us have been weakened by the corruption of sin by this world, and we're in desperate need of wisdom. We all must get wisdom. Verse 21, also take no heed unto all words that are spoken, lest thou hear thy servant curse thee. Wow, we have a few minutes and I'd like to take 30 minutes right here. I'm, I'm not going to do it. But we are going to take a look here at a good way to know whether we are applying wisdom in our lives or not. And we'll decide it by this. How ruffled do our feathers say, stay over what someone says about us? I mean, we are, we, are, we are still experiencing the vestiges of this flesh and in relationship and in communication with people. There are a lot of things that aren't going to be very easy going. There are a lot of things that aren't easy to hear. There are things that, that we should really rather not hear then 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 try to hear them people say very ugly 
untrue things about others. But the power of wisdom, it doesn't allow backbiting or vindictive words to have any power over us. We're, we're unwise when we want to know, when we want to know what others have said, what others have said about us. We find out things we wish we didn't know. We regret hearing them. I've heard some wise people say, I don't even want to know about it. If I'm not going to do anything about it, I don't even want to know about it. And, and I have followed that wisdom from others to learn that, and I have found it to be very well. Applied wisdom accepts constructive loving criticism it accepts it. But also, applied wisdom is not shaken by the accusations others make that are untrue. Wisdom will help us to discern criticism that comes our way. It, it'll even have you to accept criticism, and then sometimes from the very same person, you'll reject the criticism. Wisdom helps us to discern that. Wisdom helps us not to be controlled by the words that those who are foolish would say about us. That's how we know when we're applying wisdom. Verse 22 for oftentimes also thine own heart knoweth that thou thyself likewise has cursed others. What kind of help do we have here? That there might be a reflection upon self that we've done the same thing before sometime in our lives that someone else is doing to us in the moment. We might stop and, and realize how we're all sinners and we're all needing wisdom and we have lacked wisdom in what we've said before and someone else is lacking wisdom in what they say and it's coming upon us. And God's Word is like a mirror. It makes us look at ourselves and deal with ourselves and God so directly would have us to see here that... For oftentimes also thine own heart knoweth that thou thyself likewise has cursed others. And so, what a help that is for us. Wise is the man who doesn't allow a fool to cause him to act a fool. And the helps in here would even be, let's look at ourselves, that even we've done that before. Wisdom gives us strength to keep going. Wisdom is a gift. Verses 23 through 25. All this have I proved by wisdom. I said, I will be wise, but it was far from me. That which is far off and exceeding deep, who can find it out? I applied mine heart to know and to search and to seek out wisdom and the reason of things and to know the wickedness of folly, even of foolishness, and madness. Solomon not only admitted his need for wisdom, he admits 
his inability to be able to obtain it on his own. Wisdom is not something that we can get independently from, of God. We have to get it from God. We have to ask God. Wisdom is something heavenly. Now there's the wisdom of this world, but the wisdom of God makes foolish the wisdom of this world. So we don't want wisdom of this world. We want the wisdom of God. And that is a gift given by God, only by God. And in James chapter 1, in verse 5, it says, If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. Solomon looked for it everywhere in the earth, in his experience, in his own personal intelligence, everywhere. And he didn't find wisdom. He had wisdom given to him by God. He asked God for it, and God gave him wisdom. When wisdom is applied, we learn to view life more and more the way God does. And we're helped to respond with insight. Anyone can have it. All we must do is ask God for it. Anyone can have wisdom. Vance Havener said, Many college professors are searching for wisdom while the janitors that clean their offices may have had it for years already. All can become wise. You know, the, the importance of wisdom. Someone else said, for every pound of learning, we need 10 pounds of being able to apply what we learn to life. And that comes by the wisdom of God that He gives to every single one of us. Let us get wisdom. Amen. Uh, with that, as we close, um, I'm going to ask Brother Nolan to close us in prayer, but I also want to mention one more date. We will have our 22nd anniversary at the Villas on October the 19th of this month. And also, uh, the Weisenbakers, they have both been ill. That's why you haven't seen them. And uh, we need to make sure we pray for them also. Please close us, Brother.